game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore, and I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by my colleagues, professional better Raheem Palmer, who's on a roll and feeling about as confident as I've ever seen him. His ego is going to cause the bandwidth on the Zoom to burst. Also joined by NBA Futures analyst Brandon Anderson, who is struggling after his Niners title dreams slip through his fingers. He and I are both very sad. On this Monday afternoon, me, because my favorite team since I was a boy, suffered the worst collapse in AFC Championship game history, and I have to just take it because we won the Super Bowl two years ago, and him because he had a bajillion dollars on the Niners and missed the window to hedge. We're here to talk about the NBA, though, and we're going to get you set with everything that you need to know, catch you up on the week that was the weekend, everything. This is the big picture. We're going to start with tip-off, going through the hottest lines. We're going to get started, fellas. Let's go ahead and just jump right in here. Oh, and a reminder, everything that you need to know to bet anything in the NBA or any other sport can be found in the Action Network app. You get up-to-the-second information on money, bet totals, projected lines, props, futures, all of it. Check out the Action Network app. All right, the first thing off the top, guys, this Monday morning was confirmed that the Utah Jazz have lost Joe Ingles for the season. He suffers a torn ACL Ingles at 34. This is a devastating loss for the Jazz on multiple levels. Not only was he a big part of their locker room presence on the court, he was they would use him in second unit lineups with Gobert. It allowed them to stagger having a primary ball handler. Now this means more Jordan Clarkson, capital yikes. Um, and he was their biggest trade asset. I reported last week that the Jazz have been using Ingles in trade talks around the league. There was some discussion with Boston on a Josh Richardson deal that never really kind of got very far, but that was the level of player they were looking to add to try and add another wing defender since this team struggles to defend so much. Brandon, I'll start with you. Does the Joe Ingles injury change where you're going to be at on Utah? Not night to night, but futures, playoffs, considering them as a serious Western Conference threat. Yes and no. It, it, it does. Of the three of us, I clearly have been the last one standing in the Jazz corner of, of guys, guys, still, the Jazz can do this thing. And over the last week or two, I've just been slowly losing faith. And for me, not necessarily because Ingles is so important. He's important. I think he's maybe their fourth best or most important player after the big three. I would put him ahead of Bojan. Uh, I thought he should have won sixth man of the year last year, of course, as we know. His loss is not the reason that I'm out on the Jazz. It's more like it's the final nail in the coffin where I was teetering. I was getting closer to being out on them. And yeah, just it's it's a double whammy. He had lost a bit of a step anyways. The shooting was way down this year. But the role that he played for that team was so valuable. And even if it wasn't going to be that he was good, his trade asset to bring in that different piece to something to mix it up Because, Matt, you've been saying all year, something's not right. And I've finally been getting there the last couple of weeks and thought, okay, well, I'm excited to see where Joe ends up. Could he help this team or that team? And who could come in to kind of change things up for Utah? Now you get neither here nor there. So it's not that Joe Ingles is the reason that the Jazz can't compete, but it was such a tight rotation and such a good team the way it was. And it had been teetering. And for me, it just pushed me off the ledge here. Raheem. I think on a night-to-night basis, one thing I'm going to be looking for, I'm actually going to start shopping for second quarter spots because this means more Clarkson 
Clarkson, actually, the numbers have been good for him defensively, but I think it's probably going to fall off as he spends less time with Ingles. They're probably going to be more turnover prone in those lineups without Conley and Mitchell. You know, Mitchell's still banged up with a concussion. Hopefully he's back soon. Um, I'm going to be looking for some first half and, and second half and second quarter spots, I think, with the Jazz specifically based off of um, I don't have a lot of faith for Clarkson to keep those units up with Ingles out. That's probably the spot to attack. I'm just I'm all the way out on this Jazz team. Ingles was the guy who could run the pick and roll. He, he was a knockdown shooter. He was a, a, a solid defender. I mean, we saw him lock down Paul George in the playoffs at one point in time. He was great in health defense. And this is not a team with a ton of wings. And, I mean, you're looking at Bogdanovich. You're looking at Rudy Gay. Like, they're pretty short at that position. So, I, I think they're in trouble. And it's, a, it's unfortunate because they were going to use him to make a move. But – the way the team chemistry is now, he was one of the guys who actually smoothed things over with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And we all know about their trouble. So I'm all the way out on this jazz team. Meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, teams that are thriving again, Golden State after the bumps when Draymond first went out, they've now won five in a row. The Suns knock off the Spurs in a tight one to win their 10th in a row now. Phoenix unstoppable. We talked about them a lot on last week's episode about their title futures. I'm still very high on them. I started plugging them into playoff or uh, finals matchups a lot, uh, various combinations of, of the Suns and whoever. I will ask this though, Brandon, is there something that we're missing in terms of the sun slowing down? Like there's still statistical indicators that basically say the suns are great. They're not so much better than the rest of the West that this is just like, they're they are leaps and bounds they're a juggernaut they can't be stopped nobody can can get in their way i think from a regular season perspective the only one i'm kind of looking at is warriors division that's now plus 260 and i know raheem's going to be out on it because he doesn't believe in golden state to do anything but i'll ask you i I thought there would be regression this season on the suns i'm going to lose that bet i'm going to lose my under on the suns are we missing anything or is it just like, no, the Suns are too good, too consistent. They've handled injuries. They've managed everything. They're too good. Nothing is going to slow them down outside of a CP3 injury, which you really can't bet on. I think, yes. I think that they just are that good, that versatile, that rounded. As a regular season team, I think that they've passed the test. They've proven what they're going to be. And on top of it, the team that we're talking about comparing them to on a division odds or on the one seat odds, it's the Warriors who have their injuries already. Like maybe Chris Paul gets hurt. Maybe Booker or someone else picks up an injury. Phoenix has, has mostly been healthy this year, other than Aiton, uh, who's important, but it's not Draymond important or Steph important. So I, I think the Suns just are what they are. And I, I want to see what happens when they inevitably get, you know, somebody. CP or Book is going to miss a few weeks for whatever reason, because that's just how this goes. I want to see what the team looks like then. I do think we're giving them a little too much credit for just being healthy, where some of these other teams match them when healthy, but haven't been as healthy. And that's all right. But for the regular season, for regular season awards, for the division odds, it's hard to see how how it's not them at this point. For me, the Warriors kind of staying close. The one thing that that does for me is not about the Suns. It's that the Warriors, this, this win streak they're on, is good for Draymond and it's good for Steph for those individual awards. Has nothing to do with either one of them actually being the MVP or Defensive Player of the Year, but we know you got to have wins, and that's part of it. And winning these random couple games here and there that they maybe would have lost is going to matter at the end of the race for those. I will note that with the Suns, they've had in 
they've had sporadic injuries. So Aiden's been in and out of the lineup pretty consistently all year. Jay Crowder's missed the last couple of games, which is one of the reasons I was kind of on the other side um, on, on them because I think he really is important. You know, JaVale McGee got hurt, but th- <laughs> it's been crazy. Uh, no Dario Sarge. Well, we got JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee gets hurt. Well, we got Bismack Biombo. It's like just what whatever they need, they found the guys that they need to get it done. I'll also say like the Suns are aggressively looking at the trade deadline to try and upgrade. Um, Raheem, I will ask you though this. The fact that Golden State, because you were like, I don't know what they're going to do when Draymond went down. They've won seven out of their last 10, last 10 five in a row. Kind of a reminder that mm, Golden State's still pretty good. I probably overestimated it, but at the same time, I still don't trust this team to have enough offense when it matters. Look, to me, I'm still at the point where you got to prove it to me. Look, look who they beat. They beat in the Rockets. Sure. They beat they beat in the Jazz. I give them credit for beating the Mavericks. They dominated the Mavericks, but they beat the Nets without Kyrie and Harden. They beat the Timberwolves, who were on a, a back to back, and they were missing some guys. So to me, this stretch, it's impressive, but it's not that impressive to me. And I think when it matters and you playing tough playoff defenses, I need to see this offense when it matters. I need to see what Andrew Wiggins is going to do. I need to see if Clay is still a top 25 guy. I need to see what poor Toscano Anderson is going to do. Notably, uh, Golden State has the 24th toughest remaining strength of schedule in the NBA based off of opponent record. So Kind of an easy end of the season for them. But the Suns come in at 26. They're below the Warriors. So they have an easy, even easier schedule the rest of the way. Uh, moving on, let's talk a little bit about the Nets. So the Nets lose Marcus Aldridge. He's having an MRI done on his ankle. So he's banged up. Obviously, no Kevin Durant, no timeline for his return. James Harden has missed time with injury. Kyrie Irving can only play in away games. Guys, the Brooklyn Nets are now in sixth place in the Eastern Conference. They are a game up on the Bucks in fifth place in the loss column, but they are behind them in the standings. And the Nets, shockingly, are only three games up in the loss column over the Charlotte Hornets for the seventh spot and a play-in spot. Both the Hornets and Raptors, only three back in the loss column. And yet, you go to any book, you look at title odds, there's the Nets. I have to ask around about this because I'm at the point of being annoyed by it. Raheem, I'll, I'll ask you, is this just the money that they've taken on? Is this just that like they can't raise it because the sharp betters will kill them if they move it to three to one? I do not. I do not watch the Nets and go like, oh, man, what a dynamo. Oh, man. So good. I look at that team and go like, yeah, they got K- they got KD and Harden and Kyrie. Good for them. Who can defend on this team? I do not understand why the Nets are not only favorites, but by a, a fair margin at most of the books, the favorite to win the title. Hey, look, this is the 2017 Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know if you guys remember the Cleveland Cavaliers. They kind of coasted through the regular season. And in the playoffs, they had the best playoff offense ever. I mean, you had Shannon Fry, you had Kevin Love, all these shooters surrounding Kyrie. LeBron James, it just was too much. And I'm seeing the same thing with this Brooklyn Nets team. The big three with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, they've only played 63 minutes this year. They're outscoring teams by 24 points per one of possessions. They put up an offensive rating of 130 and a defensive rating of 106. So the books know that when the playoffs start, they're just going to outscore everybody. 
And that's kind of all that matters. So I just think you you don't want to raise that and create so much liability for themselves, especially when you look at the rest of the landscape of the Eastern Conference. The Sixers are on a, a run. They're probably going to win the Atlantic Division, but there's no Benjamin. The Miami Heat, who I, I love, they're solid. Are they going to be able to score enough? The Milwaukee Bucks. When you look at last year, I love the Bucks, and we all know they went to the NBA Finals and Giannis he transcended the game and everything, but if Kyrie doesn't get hurt, then that's probably close out that series. So I, I think you, they're being honest, and I think it's fair to do so. I'm not with you. I can't go here. I think this is wrong. I do not think the Nets should be the favorite to win the conference, let alone the title. Like, I, I, well, let me ask you this. Suns, Nets? Do you think the Nets should be favored versus the Phoenix Suns? No. So this is what I'm saying. No. I continue to be like this. I, I think this line is wrong. I'm willing to be wrong if they just, if all that matters is, is three guys scoring and no one else on the team matters, just three guys. This is not the NFL where, where one position matter, where one guy matters more than everything else. So totally unrelated. Brandon, I'll just ask you then. Um, I can't get a good enough number at Circa on them not to win the title but there's got to be good ways for us to bet against the Nets if we don't think that they're the title favorites, unless you do. I just don't know if we've really learned anything about the Nets this season that we didn't think about them coming in. We've learned that Kyrie can play half the games, so that's a positive. And that's really the only thing we've learned. We've learned that James Harden is not completely overweight and terrible. He's gotten better, so that's a positive. We know that Kevin Durant hopefully should be back. I guess we don't know that, but we expect them that he should rest and be healthy. Joe Harris is the fourth guy on this team, and he should be back. He's basically missed most of this time. I mean, look, DeAndre Bembry is fourth on the team in minutes. They're playing right now big minutes to Kessler Edwards and De'Ron Sharp. These rookies, like I'm deep in the draft weeds. They were barely on my draft board, and they're playing like Kessler Edwards. (laughs) Kessler is starting for this team right now. And so it's just like, well, what do we know? We don't know anything. Their defense is not good. We knew that. Their offense is good. They're seventh in offense, despite missing all these guys. They've played like in two seasons, what, what, like 14 games with the three guys? We, we've learned nothing in two but seasons. Isn't that, team. But isn't that kind of the point? Like, you could look at it and say like, well, they've only played so many games together. Yeah, they've only played so many games together. They're never healthy together. You got KD coming off of the Achilles who once again suffers another knee injury. You got Harden, who's got a ton of miles on him. And you've got Space Cadet Rogers, who can't play in home games. But but who else is healthy? The Milwaukee Bucks haven't played together the entire season. Exactly. The the Miami Heat haven't played together the entire season. So if everybody's hurt, and the Nets are are behind them. But still, when when it gets to the playoffs, and all of these guys are healthy. But here's the other thing I'll, ask, I'll say. The depth, right? So the, the Bucs lose Dante DiVincenzo, right? But they've got enough guys to step up and play. The Suns lose Dario Saric. They've got enough guys to step up and play. The Nets are paper thin. That's true. They have no front court depth to start with. Like, they're playing Kessler Edwards because they don't have anybody else. And yeah. There's a scenario where they wind up having to play him in the playoffs in the home game because Kyrie can't play. So I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm willing to be wrong on this. At some point, like, I've, I've, I thought about this for half the season. I kept waiting for them to, like, look like something. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that here. Again, I mentioned this before. Pay attention to Nets Twitter. And everybody's going to be like, oh, there's no such thing as Nets fans. If you pay attention to Nets Twitter, 
like they know they're just like god the season sucks you know, you know what you're right you know why you're right it's because Kyrie can't play home games <laughs> like so <laughs> you can't win a championship that way so let me ask this then matt so you brought up they're only what did you say three games out of the play-in race right now three games above yeah so i think they're 13 to 1 right now to miss the playoffs that would be one way to fade them are you interested in fading them out of the playoffs at 13 to 1 oh man i can't get there because i don't believe in the hornets I don't believe. Yeah, I mean, that's I the problem is that the, in, unless the Nets just have no one left at the end, Durant never gets healthy again. Harden or Kyrie goes out. Even then, they maybe still have a shot because unless they fall to the nine seed, even as a seven or eight, you got two chances to yeah. win a game to make yeah. the playoffs. They're beating so. one. They're, they're beating so. one of those of the teams. Like, yeah, you, if they get still, hit with like a random ass like, oh, like Terry Rozier hit fifth, like seven threes. Right. Even yeah. then, they probably beat the Raptors in the second game. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know that there's a great way to bet it. And at the end of the day, in the Eastern playoffs, other than Giannis, other than maybe Embiid, if he's still healthy and decides to play that night, you have the best two players on the court. And this is the NBA. It's not only a one-man game, but it's it's the sport that's the one-maniest one-man game. And they have two of them and maybe a third, depending on what Kyrie is that night. So that's just been the story. We knew that that was the case. Uh, moving on, the Hawks now have won seven in a row. They're back in 10th. They're in technically the play-in tournament. Insane. Uh, I talked to an executive this morning that said that they had heard that the talks with the Hawks about John Collins now are getting more complicated because the Hawks are like, well, you know, we're on a little win streak. And, you know, there's a lot of frustration around that in the league because everybody thought that they were going to be able to, they, they were going to move John Collins to the deadline last year. Um, I still kind of think they were going to have to make a move. But this is kind of interesting. Uh, my Hawks division futures are dead, dead. That's They're not coming back to catch the heat. However, I will ask you, Raheem, where are we at on Atlanta? I mean, they're definitely just an all-offense team. Their defense is still terrible. But do you think that they're past the worst? They're past the worst. I think they, they had a lot of injuries this year. Like DeAndre Hunter injury was huge. And I mean, they got hit with a ton of COVID losses. And I, I think right now they're, they're rolling. So I do think this is a playoff team. I think they'll probably pass the Raptors or, or the Hornets to me. But besides that, I don't know if we're going to see what we saw from them last year where this team is making the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not buying them that way just because the defense is so bad. Brandon, can you look up what the Hawks to miss the playoffs is right now while I'm talking? So, yeah, yeah. I, I have it actually because I looked oh, that up earlier. So at DraftKings, they are plus 110 to make the playoffs. They're minus 135 to miss. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so because I looked at that in, in thinking about this, and all my notes before looking that up was, oh, yeah, the Hawks are fine. They're going to be there. They'll win a play-in game against whoever those teams are. They'll make the playoffs. And then I saw the number, and I was like, ah, they're not getting out of the play-in. So now I have a chance to fade them the plan and they might only get one chance if they're only in the nine or the 10 seed or they get two chances. I think I might rather take the minus 135 on the no, given the number. The one team that they'll probably be competing for the that play in spot with is a team that I want to talk about because they got an absolutely thriller of a win on Saturday night in triple overtime. The Toronto Raptors outlast the Miami Heat and get a monster win. The Raptors now have improved to 24 and 23 on the season. This is after they've gone four and six in their last 10. This team goes on streaks. I don't know what to make of them. They're absolutely inconsistent. But in that game, Fred Van Vliet took over down the stretch. I legitimately think that Fred Van Vliet has been an all NBA caliber guard this season. And that's with a lot of competition. 
I think that he's been that important to Toronto's success. And I think that that needs to be mentioned. Siakam is playing great, even though I'm not very high on his overall game. Uh, they are getting contributions from so many guys that they always do, and they're exceptionally well coached. So that leads us into the big picture. And this big picture this week is playoff sleepers. We're going to play a little game of bet one, pass one, fade one. I'm going give to you, give you four teams, and you have to bet one on some sort of like future. You have to buy in on them, essentially. You have to fade one in terms of being saying, I'm going to be against this team in the playoff series. And then you can pass on one and just be like, I'm good with where I'm at. I want to see where the matchups come down for the East. We're going to talk about Miami, Philly, Chicago, and Cleveland. And the reason I bring up the Raptors in the context of this is one, they beat Miami who continues to be inconsistent. And two, some of these teams may wind up having to face the Raptors, depending on where they finish in the standings. And if Raptors get the seventh seed. I'm a little worried that they're going to be disruptive. But between Miami, Philly, Chicago, and Cleveland, Brandon, I want to start with you. Bet one, pass one, fade one. Heat, Sixers, Bulls, or Cleveland? So I'll start with bet. I'm going to bet the Heat. Despite that triple overtime loss, I just, I like the way this heat, she, heat team shapes up. Their top seven offense and defensive rating, their fifth in net rating. They're the one seed right now. And they're all those things despite a half season from hell, basically. They have lost 18 Jimmy Butler games, 25 Bam out of bio. That's half of the season from him. They've lost 11 Kyle Lowry games, nine from Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson only shoots and couldn't shoot for most of the season. Jimmy is fifth on the team in minutes. Bam is ninth. And despite all those things, they still have those pristine metrics and they still are the one seed. So I think that that's going to give them a much clearer path in the East. Yes, the Raptors, Celtics, those teams could be dangerous. But there's a, there's a clear six. You want to be the one or two seed. You don't want to face one of those five or six seeds in the first round. That could be Milwaukee or Brooklyn, the way things are shaping up. So that's a good spot for the Heat. I still like Spolstra for coach of the year. This bench, we didn't know what it would be, but Struess, Vincent, Yurtsevin, these guys, this is what Mammy does. They develop guys so well. I just think when we get to the playoffs, we know they'll defend well. I think that they have enough offense, but that's the question mark. But they've been there. They will feel confident because of Jimmy Butler and because of who they are, their ethos as a team. If it's the Milwaukee Bucks, they know they beat them two years ago. If it's the Nets, Jimmy Butler is going to have Butler and Bam. Like they're not afraid of anybody. And I just think, I don't know if he can beat both of those teams in back-to-back series, but they might not have to. And I think they absolutely could beat one of them and would be alive to, to get to the Eastern finals or the finals again. Still plus five fifty to win the conference, which is, I understand why, right? Like they're looking the, the bookmakers are like, well, you got the Nets who are, we think are the best team in the league. You get the Bucks, the defending champions, and you got the Sixers, right? And so Miami, but Raheem, we talked about the offense and the offense was a struggle for much of the season. And like, look, they had issues in some of in that Raptors game, but they are up to 11th in half court offense. This team can grind out. They can grind out points when they need to. The biggest thing is that like the Boston Celtics in the Paul Pierce era, they can just grind out these offensive possessions. You know, it's, it's tough baskets with Jimmy Butler and, and Kyle Lowry and you know, a few threes from Duncan Robinson. They may trade Robinson. That's on the table, I think, with how much they like Max Struess. Um, but I want to do it this way. Raheem, of the bet pass fade, let's do your bet. Of those four teams, who do you want to bet on? The Miami Heat. And I think Saturday's game said a lot about this team. The Raptors were well-rested. They had off since Wednesday. The Heat were playing their third game in four nights. and. 
Jimmy and Butler really, really impressed me. He was the best player on the floor. They had a lot of length on him with OG and, and, and Pascal really guarding him up and, and causing him some problems. But he was doing everything. 14 and 26, 53% from the field, 37 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, three steals, two blocks. I mean, he absolutely put the team on his back. And when you look at this Heat team, we know that they're one of the better defensive teams in the league. We know that the Nets can't defend. We know that the Heat are they kind of had the recipe to be able to defend this Bucks team. They're sixth in defensive rating, and they're all the way up to fifth in defensive rating. This is the number one three-point shooting team in the league. You guys mentioned Max Strauss. Um, we got Tyler Harrell, sixth man of the year. Duncan Robinson. Kyle Lowry's been, been out of the lineup. They've had so many different injuries. We don't even know what's going on with Oladipo. He could come back and, and really contribute. So I think they're the better team out of Miami, Philly, Chicago, like, I, I, I got to bet. I think they have a real shot at possibly causing some problems and, and being a sleeper in the Eastern Conference. So, like, I've already bet on the Heat, so I, I can't really, like, argue with this assessment. But for the purposes of this, uh, of this mm-hmm. thing, I, I will go ahead and tell you that of those four teams, the one I want to bet on from a playoff perspective, I'll, I'll be betting, I think, the Cavs series by series not to win. But I'm gonna be, when we get, get into playoff season and then we're looking at things like series spread, the Cavs are going to be like, it's going to be four one on all of those. It's going to be like minus two and a half on any team that they face. And I think the Cavs are tough as nails. They got the 18th ranked offense adjusted over dunks and threes. I get that. I think they have a generational player in Evan Mobley. I think they can attack with Jared Allen. I think that JB Bickerstaff is coaching his face off. I still think he should be coach of the year. I have, I, I like Darius Garland to get tough buckets. Like they have guys. And I think this team makes a move at the deadline to add a wing, but they've got trade assets they can use. If they get one guy that can create a little offense on his own, I really think that there might be something there. One more thing on Miami though. Uh, you know, who's coming back soon. There's already been rumors, bur- burblings, noise, Victor Oladipo. Victor Ooh. Oladipo is probably going to wind up coming back at some point this season and getting another guy on offense that can create and shoot. If he can play at all, it'd be huge for Miami. Brandon, what team are you going to pass on? What team are you like, look, I'm not, I'm not against them. I just, I don't want to bet them. Yeah, no, I'm against them. I'm against them and not betting them. And I'm passing on the 76ers. Yeah. I'm just, I'm out. I'm out on Joel Embiid. The playoffs are the games that matter. Joel Embiid likes to show up for the games that don't matter. <laughs> so it's a one-man team. There's no Ben Simmons. He ain't walking through that door. Tobias Harris is not having a good season. Seth Curry is, I think, their best, second best player right now. We got the corpse of Danny Green logging some minutes on nights. There's, there's just not enough there. I don't trust the offense, and I don't trust Embiid to show up night after night in the playoffs, week after week, round after round. To me, Joel Embiid as the MVP favorite, the Sixers surging up the ranks right now. This is, this is just a clear sell-high spot for me. So I, I certainly, looking at like a buy-sell-hold sort of thing, this is an easy sell spot on the Sixers. Not that they can't do it, but I just, I don't trust Justin Embiid to carry them through three series and get to the finals. So they're, they're a team that I'll be looking to fade because at any point, Embiid's health, we know, just doesn't hold up for a series. And if he's out, the team is sunk. Like they're not even barely a playoff team at that point. So uh, I, I'm, I'm out on the Sixers. I'm selling. This is a spot where you... <laughs> You, you sell high on the stock for them. Well, I ask you, is this, is this a spot where, is there a team, because you want to pass on them, is there a team where you would be a little bit, like you'd be like, no, I like the Sixers in that matchup? 
whether it's Chicago or Cleveland or whatever? No, but it's if it's one matchup right now, if it's one game right now, right now, Joel Embiid is healthy, but it's it's betting on the long-term trajectory where, like, you know, we talked about with Brooklyn. How, how do we fade it? If we don't believe it, how do we fade it? In Philadelphia, it's how do I fade it? it no. I don't know about a specific team or matchup or series. And, you know, with Embiid, it's just when Embiid is great, he's awesome and unstoppable, and there's really no one in the NBA that can hold. I, I guess... I would I would certainly bet on Miami against Philadelphia in a series. I like how Bam Adebayo plays him and Jimmy Butler is in Philadelphia's head. And I would love to bet on Miami in that series. I think that we talked about that one last year as a possibility and then never got the opportunity. But yeah, I just, I, I feel like, you know, you talked about Cleveland, talked about Chicago. I think I would like, given what I would expect the odds to be and that I would expect Philadelphia to be favored in those spots. I think that I would take the underdog or find a way to bet the underdog in, in pretty much every scenario. Raheem, what team do you want? No part of those four right now. I have to say it's the Chicago bulls. Look, I came into this, like, I think me and you did a piece a couple of weeks ago. I kind of looked at them like Toronto Raptors, um, the Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan era, but when you look at them now, they have so much of their team in the hospital. <laughs> Lonzo Ball, Alice Caruso, Derek Jones, Patrick Williams. All of these guys are just missing time, and it's tough to know what they're going to be. Um, Vucevic, right now, he's looking like he's Larry Holmes' status. Flabby and sick, he's probably having the worst year of his career. I don't know if they're going to make any upgrades. So while this is a team that I think can win a playoff series, I don't know what they are and what they're going to be by the time the playoffs ro- roll around. So it's like, I don't want to bet them, but I don't want to fade them. I got to give them the benefit of the doubt. So I'm going to pass on this one. Who are you fading, Brandon? The team that I want no part of is the Bulls. Basically the same thing that Raheem just said. Just, I, I can't sell stock because let's be honest, we all know I never bought Bulls stock this season. Sure. I'm not out on them, but it's it's a low spot. To me, this is, we, we talk about this team as a team of two or three stars. I think it's more one of those teams that's the five-man lineup. They need yeah. Caruso and they need, they need Lonzo out there. So I'm not panicking. I just got to wait. They're going to get healthy. We'll see what comes back around. I think that it, it's a wait and see. I'm going to pass for now. But if the odds drop and they drop in the standings, I think the Bulls could have some value later in the year. I'm going to pass on the Heat just because I've bet them already. So I have a pretty good position on them. And plus, uh, I will say like there's there are matchups that make me nervous. Like I really don't know what to make of the Bucks thing. Right. Because it's like, look, they, they knocked out the Bucks two years ago. Uh, the Bucks swept them last year. They're a better team this year. Both sides of that matchup, Bucks fans and Heat fans feel very confident about that matchup. And I think that that's really interesting. So I'll, I'll, I'll pass on that one. Um, yeah, I'm going to fade the Sixers. Look, I've mentioned this before, Bam Adebayo, six and three record. Uh, the Bucks have played, have done really well against them. They play drop coverage, which means I think that they're susceptible to anybody who can hit a mid-range jumper. Chicago. Um, like the Chicago Sixers matchup should be a huge edge for Philly because Embiid should eat Vucevic alive, but the drop coverage makes me a little bit nervous. There's a chance if they run into like some sort of plucky, you know, if the Hawks were to make it into the seventh spot and face the two seed Sixers, they haven't done anything to address the problem of Trey Young's going to hit 500 floaters on them. So I'm going to fade the Sixers and that's how I'm going to go. Um, we're gonna wait on the Western Conference because we're running long today. So I do want to go. I didn't get a chance to. I didn't go. To, I didn't get a chance to fade. <laughs> oh my bad. Who are you fading? I'm fading my Philadelphia 76ers. Yep. Look, I mean, we are. We all know about Glenn Rivers, and how can you trust this guy? And like, 
How? Like, look, <laughs> I, I just I just looked it up. According to our Bet Labs database, Glenn Rivers, with his team as a favorite in the postseason, they're just 46 59 against the spread. Yes. That's that's 43.8%. I mean, this guy's coach Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, the Boston Big Three, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Tracy McGrady. We got no Ben Simmons. We don't know. Like, Daryl Morey's just sitting on this whole thing. So it's looking like they're going to go into the playoffs with just Joel Embiid and a bunch of guys fading the Sixers. So let's review this. All right, so we went over, like, the reasons. And Raheem's still pretty positive on the Nets, right? Do you like the price at plus 250? Do you like no, that price? Okay. I do not. All right. Um, so you just roll that over, like, and that's, I'm sorry, that's, that's even, that's the title. They are plus 130 for the conference. That's All right, that, that, that's insane. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane. Uh, so we don't like the Sixers. We talked about the Heat at plus 550. We've already talked about them. I don't think any of us think that, I think with Chicago, I think we're all in kind of the same place of, they might make a run and knock somebody off, but we don't think that they can beat multiple teams that are better than them. Do we kind of agree on that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So they're out. Cavs, I, I, like I said, they may, they may do some, like I'll be looking for spots in the playoffs, but I don't want to put a future on them. So now guess where we're back to? Plus 320 at DraftKings. You're defending champion with the reigning finals MVP with a team that is, I believe, 19 and four when they have just three of the big four. And, uh, Brooke is still expected back sometime in March. Milwaukee Bucks plus three thirty. We're still getting plus three thirty on that. Your question: This team lost by thirty six to the Nuggets last night. We all know the Nuggets have been bombed out and depleted. Like Dave Chappelle said in Afghanistan, I know it's a regular season, but what do you make of that game? Because that was that was something else. Uh, three years ago in Giannis's like emergent season, right? The 2019, 2018, 19 season. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right before the All-Star break, Jokic went into Milwaukee and dropped a triple-double in the first half. He did it the fastest that anybody has ever done it in NBA history. Two years ago, they had seven guys on a back-to-back. They were flying from Utah to Milwaukee to face the defending champs. When I say they had seven guys, I do not mean that they had seven guys that were like going to play in the rotation. There were seven players on the plane, and Denver beat them. I stupidly bet the Bucks yesterday because I was like, well, that's not this team. That's not this Nuggets team. Nope. Like, I'm taking Nikola Jokic in Milwaukee from now until the end of time. So just to be clear, we shouldn't overreact to what the Bucks are doing. They're 7-8 and eight in, in, in January right now. So this is just a, a, a post-championship hangover blip in the, in the road. That's what so much of this. So much of this, I think, is Drew. When Drew's out, they are not. The, like, if they have two of the three, they can't. When they have three of the four, now they've lost like two of these, right? With the, with the full guys, this is definitely a coast job. Like it's okay. what you talked about with the Nets. Only you know the Nets haven't actually won anything, so like the Bucks know that they're going to be there at the end. They are absolutely coasting. Like this Bucks team is not worried about going into Philly for a game seven. This Bucks team is not worried going into Brooklyn without Kyrie for a game seven. This Bucks team is not worried about going to Miami for a game seven. They they know like they they are certified now. Um, are they invincible? No. This is what I like about the league this year. No yeah. one's a juggernaut. Phoenix is the closest thing to it. We talked about them, but no one's a juggernaut. And the best thing for us is that means we're going to have lots of opportunity to get quality bets in. I think we're, as we go along and we figure out more, and once we decide on like, okay, this is who we're going. To, and I think what's going to wind up going in is, um, and I, the, oh, this is a preview for next week. Cause we're going to talk about this team next week. Okay. 
I think we're going to have to start talking about like, what are some real, like, this is the prime spot to start betting some spots in the West. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be Brandon. And I think and Brandon, I think in the warriors. And then I think, I think Raheem is going to get talked into the Los Angeles Clippers and what their long-term upside <laughs> is with his guy. Ty, not Tyrone. He gets he gets the actual nickname. Yeah, he, gets, he gets the nickname. That's my guy right there. Hallelujah. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about that next week on the big picture. All right, it's time to go back to the future. Every week we give out one future that we like for the week and where we think we have the best value, or one that we wish that we gotten on sooner. Brandon Anderson, let's start with you, buddy. What's your back to the future future of the week? So I was all ready to tie this future into our West conversation, which we'll wait on, but I was ready to talk about betting on the Nuggets, fading the Jazz. And my favorite way to do that right now is betting on the division where the Denver Nuggets, as of recording on Monday, are tied in the loss column. Matt, you love the loss column. They're tied with the Jazz in the loss column. They're two wins back right now, but the Nuggets are plus 550 to win the division right now. And the Nuggets are going to get Jamal Murray back soon. We don't really know about Michael Porter Jr. He's not necessarily out for the year, despite the, the exception that they got. The, you want to fade the Jazz. We talked about why with Ingles out and just where this team is going. I looked at what, how could I bet on the Jazz to miss the playoffs? That's not going to happen. There, it's too far to fall. The West is too much of a tumble out of where they're at. But all the Nuggets have to do is pass the Jazz. There's no one else in that division plus 550 when they're essentially tied right now, I think is nuts. And I want a piece of Denver and I want to fade Utah. So it's a great way to do both of those in one swing. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I think the problem is just they fall into the spot without Mitchell and Gobert. And the idea is that Mitchell and Gobert will come back and then they'll go back. Like they're ex- Here's what's, what's ridiculous. Look at their record. Their expected win mark based off of point differential per uh, cleaning the glass is 58 wins. Like they are so far above where they should be or below rather like their record, because we've talked about this. We we've been, have you, we've got to bet them and or bet against them anytime that they're a double digit favorite because they keep having these random ass losses. But if you assume that those go away, they should stabilize. But look, I don't hate it because the Nuggets schedule from here on out is a cakewalk. It's almost all home games. They have three back to backs total after the all-star break over the last month, like two months of the season, the Denver Nuggets have three back-to-backs that's tied for the fewest in the league. They have, they're tied for the most home games. It is a choice spot. I like this very much. This is a very sharp take. Raheem, what's your back to the future of the week? Hey, I'm, I'm throwing like a, a Brandon Hell Mary on this, but I'm going Chris. I'm going to be betting on Suns pretty much. This is Chris Paul plus seven, 7,000 to win the most valuable player award. Look, if you look at all the metrics, Nikola Jokic is probably the MVP. But there just seems to be this anybody but Jokic campaign going on. And I think the voters are going to try to find a way to reward the Suns in some way, possible, t- some way, shape, or form. So if it's not Chris Porter win MVP, I'm going to go Macau Bridges win Defensive Player of the Year with Draymond Green out. Look, when you look at the Suns team, to me, we spoke about it before, but they're 19 and three in a clutch, 44 net rating, offensive rating of 135, defensive rating of 90. I know Devin Booker is the team leading scorer, but I think Chris Paul could kind of get that lifetime achievement award MVP. The precedent for this is Steve Nash. You know, Steve Nash didn't score a ton of points, but he had a huge impact. Chris Paul's 14 points per game, 10 assists, but 
We all know he's their best player. And I think if nobody emerges, Steph Curry doesn't really step up. Giannis doesn't continues to coast. And the Sixers or the Nuggets don't have a, a crazy record. I think 7,000 is too much. So I'm rolling with that. And I'm rolling with Bridges and one defensive player of the year. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go to another division bet. I'll join Brandon on that end. And I will go to the Central Division. And I will look at this because I think it's wild that the Bucks are still this heavy as a favorite. We talked about how they don't have a lot of imp- like impetus to really push the season. They're still minus 105 at DraftKings. I can get the ca- the Bulls at plus 175, but I can get the Cavaliers at plus 330. Look, the Cavs have been sliding, and I get that. And mm-hmm. the offense is bad, and I get that. They just find ways to win. Like They just win games. They're, that loss to the Pistons was very unlike them on Sunday. So I think in general... Um, I also think that was because so many Browns fans uh, were celebrating the Chiefs losing uh, in favor of a division rival. Um, but in general, I like the Cavs a lot. I still, like I said, mentioned, I think that there's a, a case where they can trade some pieces, add one more guy. I believe in Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Jarrett Allen, that core. They can tra- trade Markinen. They can trade uh, Rubio's contract. They've got, like, they have options to make a move. So at 330, uh, I'm going to bet the Cavs to just edge out a banged-up Bulls team, and a non-pedal-down Bucks team win the division. That's going to wrap it up for Back to the Future. Programming note, 7 o'clock Eastern on Tuesday and Wednesday is our workshop. For Tuesday, we go over the Wednesday bets. For Wednesday, we go over the Thursday bets. It's me and Raheem doing the workshop, deep dive, how do the numbers look, how to bet the spot, all those type of things. It's live on YouTube and then in your feeds the next day. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure to hit us with those five-star reviews. The NBA season is in full effect now that the NFL conference playoffs are over. Make sure to check out Raheem and Brandon's work on the Super Bowl over at Action Network and the Action Network app. Thanks for joining us. Let's get buckets.